Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Bill Corral. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Bill, how are you doing? I, I got to go with my, my party line. Unbelievably good, Tom. Really, really good. And that's and I want to thank you for taking the time, Bill, of coming on and helping and sharing with us some of the knowledge and the strategies that you've used to be successful over the years. But before we get into that, I want the audience to know a little bit about, about you. Um, and it's what, what you've done in the past 30 years is beyond the scope of this program, but we're going to try here. Um, Bill's got a lifetime of, of experience and growth development and formalizing of companies and organizations. And he has a great background in union contract negotiation, arbitration, software implementation, employee training and empowerment. His experience in manufacturing companies is based on highly technical engineering product, laser, electronics, telephony. And with all of Bill's experience, he started his own business in 1990 up to the current date, and he's the president of PDS Inc. Creator creates products and services from IT managed solutions to internet security systems and custom solutions for medium-sized companies. And again, like I said, Bill's credentials are beyond the scope of this this broadcast. But uh, the other thing that Bill does is amazing. He's bought and sold over 25 properties over the years, and um, I know Bill, and I have to tell you, Bill's a giver. Uh, there's not a time that we talk that he isn't giving something out. We, we learn, uh, and he's very much involved with his community and his network, and he's probably the best networking person I've ever met in my life. So, Bill, again, welcome to the broadcast, and we're going to we're gonna ask you a lot of stuff, and we, we want to have you to help us out here a, a little bit. Um, one of the big questions I have is how did you get going and how did you get started in your business? Well, first of all, thank you very much for that wonderful in- introduction, Tom. You're really very, very kind. Um, how did I get started? Well, uh, um, I worked for a lot of other people until I was 35 years old, a variety of, uh, of, of jobs with uh, successive responsibility increases in all of them until I got to middle and senior management in companies. And uh, really got to have some hands-on experience with shaping the, the world for the, the departments that reported to me. Uh, also learned how to be a very valuable team player uh, in management. And uh, more than that, um, how to go to, to work every single day and find inspiration and create inspiration in, uh, in, in the staff that was around me. Um, kind of learning on the job and, and uh, learning as you go, huh? 
Um, yeah, and as a matter of fact, my foundation was uh, was was pretty weak in terms of uh, formal education. Uh, I, I, you know, I ended up uh, by the time I was in my mid twenties. Um, the jobs were just so demanding. I was going to school part-time because uh, I took uh, the first year of college at the University of Colorado. It's, it's pretty much a, a, a vacation. And uh, I, I majored, um, you know, in aerospace engineering, which a lot of the stuff that, that I was learning wasn't about people. So it wasn't for me. And uh, the good news is, is I came back to Connecticut. Uh, went back to community college and met my wife at a dorm party with uh, the guy who ultimately I started my business with in 1990. So even 16 years earlier, he was a big part of my life. You know, I've heard you say uh, that failing has been a good thing. And you just gave us an example. Can you give us some other example? Failing, you know, if you want to call it failure, brought you to another direction. Can you give us some examples that over the years that having failed brought you to something with uh, with a spotlight on it? Absolutely. There has been nothing really uh, great in terms of achievement that I've accomplished simply because I was successful and the smartest guy around. Almost every time that my business grew rapidly, it was because I, I had the recognition and to be able to say, this isn't working. And, and and as opposed to you know taking a situation, well, for instance, the first year that we uh, started the company together, my partner Dan and I, um, we did a total of sixty-five thousand dollars worth of of uh, uh, sales. I was making more than that in salary uh, the, the the last year that I worked for somebody else. So that was not a really raging success for the first year. But what we did find out is that the two of us were not compatible in terms of what we needed from the business, what we needed for income, et cetera, et cetera. We made a decision to uh, to, 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 to go a different direction. Dan went to work for a, a, a guy in the fashion uh, district down in New York City. He wound up making $200,000 a year writing uh, financial software for them uh, the following year. And uh, I took on another partner and we did uh, just under $300,000 that following year. I learned the business, you know, by by busting my knuckles and uh, started it on my kitchen table and it worked. Uh, Do you, I, knowing you, I think you would be a believer of instincts, your own personal instincts. And how much does that play in your decisions? So I think I, I've got three ways of analyzing a decision that I'm going to make. And I use my head, my heart, and my gut. So I've actually got three compasses. And uh, if they're all pointing in the same direction, I'm definitely, you know, in, in the good zone. Uh, if two out of the three are not not pointing in the same same direction, then I have to listen to, to you know, to what's going on. The gut is is kind of the tiebreaker. So if my heart's telling me, you know, that this is a good thing to do, uh, even if it's not necessarily a great thing to do from an income standpoint, and my mind is telling me um, it's probably not a good allocation of my resources and time, uh, the gut is what I look to as to whether or not this is important for my life. And if it's important for my life, I'm going to follow that direction. It's also something that I teach uh, uh, people to do as well in business to not only gather information and ideas from the people around them, but how to become a much better listener in terms of what is not being said, you know, listening for the invisible and the unseen. And uh, you wouldn't really think in terms of that, because that's, I think, for a lot of people in the area of what you don't know, you don't know. 
However, once somebody gets that, that kind of feeling, it's like when you first figured out how to do uh, rhythmic breathing and swimming, or you've got balance on a bicycle, it's something that stays with you for the rest of your life. And it also has you ask questions of people in a, in a completely different way. Very interesting. And uh, what, what would you, if I said to you, Bill, how important is passion in what you do in life? How would you rate that? I w- what I would say is, is that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit offbeat with, with, with the, the whole idea that you have to be passionate about something uh, and then you'll know you're in the right business. I think you just have to be passionate. I think it's it's a, it's a choice you can make, and I think it's something that you can reinforce. And whatever you're doing, if you believe that doing your best in everything that you do is is your legacy to your family and to your community, um, your your attention is not going to be on how you look while you're doing it. Your attention is going to be on how can you get the best result, the the strongest and most enduring uh, change and how you can get the most enjoyment and, and that feeling of success out of it. Well, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I do know that, uh, and people find passion in different areas and you have to be on a mission uh, because there's stick to because the road isn't always flat and paved. And that's where that passion and stick to comes into it. So let me ask you this. What do you believe makes some people successful while others struggle? Same set of circumstances. Well, let's play that model out just a little bit further. Uh, I've heard so many people say, I've tried all these different things and I thought I was passionate about them. However, what I found out was I'm really not passionate about that. And I want to submit to you that they never really were passionate about anything. Um, what what they experienced was probably a little bit of hyperbole, a little bit of, of uh, reinforcement from a quick win. And passion has nothing to do with that. Passion has everything to do with doing an activity and being lost in the activity so your sense of time just goes away. All of a sudden, you're looking at the clock, and it's been four hours that you've been working on something. And, oh, my God, wow, did I really get into that? So it's not like you're feeling passionate like you talk to other people about it. It's just like this is the only thing that I could consider myself doing right now. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And uh, you're right. That's a good That's a good way of looking at it. I started this four hours ago, and I thought it was three minutes ago because you were so involved yeah. with it. And sometimes that's what it – and sometimes that's the game changer – in business sometimes because you're so passionate and it overrides maybe your inability uh, of doing other things good. Um, so that can be a good thing for, for many people. What worries you uh, as a business owner, a business person, what worries you the most about being in your own business? That is a really good question. I don't spend a lot of time worrying, Tom, as I think you probably know. I do. And, and again, um, I think the, the, the en- energy and the effort is, is on the things that I can do something about, where I can actually take an action. And um, either it works or it doesn't work, but it's, you know, it's, maybe it's 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. 
or it gets to the point where the return on investment is just not there and time to do something completely different. So just kind of in the, uh, in the, when we were talking about, about passion and we, we take that, you know, for instance, you, you know who Ben Hogan was, he's a very, very famous golfer. Yes, I do. And he would, you know, uh, train young golfers who would say, I'm going to the course to find my, 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 my swing. And what Ben said was, well, if you don't bring it with you, you're not going to find it out there. So this okay. is all about yeah. putting foundational energy in up front. And life is all about, there are going to be twists and turns. There are going to be things you have no control over. Look at 2020. I mean, seriously? So yeah. you can spend time being concerned about what may happen, or you can engage what does happen with, you know, with your full vigor with all your senses, with all you have to bring at whatever comes up. But if you start with a very strong set of goals, a really supercharged idea of why you're here in the first place, and you know you're going to be tripping over things, and the whole idea when you say you want to accomplish something, especially if it's something worthwhile, the universe doesn't say, wow, okay, here, let me hand it to you, okay? this is You deserve this because you're a cool person. No, usually it comes back and says, you want to do this? I don't think so, Tim. Good luck with that. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that's it. You know, the, the, the concern comes for, for me when there's a struggle with trying to accomplish something that requires some technological or a way of thinking or something that I just don't have my arms around. And that's where I, I go to my network. I go to people who are much smarter than me and, and a lot more experienced in a lot of different areas. And then they make it look magical. And, and you know, in my book, um, um, <clears throat> Unlocking Your Business DNA, I talk about controllables, what's controllable, what isn't. And, and to me, the thinking of what's the thing that worries me the most about being in business I'm kind of like you. I don't think of that. I think of this because I can't control a COVID-19. I have to react if that happened and hope that what I've done in the past puts me in a position of still being successful and making adjustments. So I totally agree with you. I agree that some things you can't control uh, and you just have to um, uh, ad lib when things happen when you're in business, but that's where your instinct seems to take over. You know, you just mentioned something that I think a lot of business owners that might be listening um, do, and maybe they don't do, but uh, hopefully they'll get the message. But you delegated things that you needed to delegate that you couldn't do or you didn't want to do. And how much has that played in your success and your growth in business? 100%. There's, there's no way forward until you know how to get the highest and best match between a person's talents, desires, um, and dreams with, with the work that they do. And I got to tell you, I'm not passionate about a lot of task work, you know? So since I'm not, I'm, I'm going to look for people that are, I'm going to find somebody that the things that I need to have happen that are just mundane for me, that, that it lights their world up. I mean, I, I know that some of the best people that I've had working either with me or for me in the area of accountancy, they would rather stare at green and white screens all day long looking at the numbers change than they would being in front of people or at a board meeting, right? So 
since I know that, and I'm, 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 I've got a pretty good gift to gab, and I'm a pretty good listener, uh, if, if I can pull all those things together, then I can take the uh, uh, the things that are in the way of people out of the way and free them up to be. Give me a jumping on point to start to look for how can we take this business as it is today and apply a 5% mentality to it. What I mean like that about that is if you've got inventory, let's say that you've got a company that's doing 5 million dollars worth of sales a year and they have uh, an investment of let's say 1.2 million dollars in inventory 600,000 of that is a product that they consider to be uh, very difficult to second source or it is a single source or long lead time uh, however it's only going to uh, contribute to about three hundred thousand dollars a year in in output for for the sales volume we'll look at all those things in detail and then we'll help reallocate run models in terms of what do we need to do that will change the process for how long it takes for you to get it? And does it make sense for you if you look at the amount of money that you have dedicated to this? Is this even a product line you should be in? Does this make sense for your business? So it's what's kind of fresh about that is that I can tell people um, what I do in terms of a, a process analyst, but until I sit down with them and go over their particular data, it's it's too conceptual for people to really kind of get a, a good image of, of, of how it works. But does that make sense to you? We do a lot of question asking. We do a lot of looking to see where uh, it makes sense to make small changes at first that give us a lot of change in tra trajectory. It's kind of like turning the Queen Mary. Uh, if you go in, in, into the Hudson River and the Queen Mary and think you're going to do a U-turn, probably not going to work all, out all that well for you. You know, it, it, it can take an hour sometimes for a, a boat that large to get turned. Likewise for a business, 5% at a time over a period of years can, can increase profitability 20, 30, 40%. You know, uh, we've had many discussions and I've learned a lot from you, but I know you spend a lot of time analyzing inventory and, and what's in inventory and how long inventory has been around. Where a lot of business owners think of inventory as a, almost like a bank. Like I got three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, my company's worth this, but then I got another three hundred thousand. And a lot of them are missing the point that that three hundred thousand could be costing you more money than you even know. And you talk about that. Can you elaborate a little bit more about inventory? Well, let me give you an example. I mean, when I first started my business. Uh, being a consultant wasn't something that I had any experience with other than the fact that I had been working on project work, you know, for my companies and, and making things happen for, for, for 15 years. But I, I took on an assignment being a consultant for another computer company, the ones that actually taught me how to build computers back in, in 1991, 92. Um, and I looked at all of, of, of their uh, financials. And I started asking questions about their financials. And they actually had, at that time, they were just about 1.2 million in sales, but they had $650,000 in inventory. And I said, so let's go take a look at what this is. Uh, you know, show me what you've got here. And when we went out and we looked at it, what they were doing is they were taking in trade old uh, servers and selling new servers to companies like 9X, uh, and, you know, other uh, telephone companies back in those stage, days. So I looked at them and I said, you brought this back on the books for the sale value that you, you know, sent it out the door two years ago. And quite frankly, I'm not sure how, what the value on it's going to be at all. So they were going through an, a uh, 
a, a refinancing of the business to buy out the owner. And what they found was a, a bright guy from the bank came in and did ask the same question that I did. And they, what they ended up was a revaluation of under a hundred thousand dollars for what they had on the books for six fifty. Wow. Wow. So it, it I'm certainly, forgetting. yeah, it's it certainly that business owners need to spend time and understand what inventory really means. Otherwise it's costing them money in many cases. That's interesting. Um, I know you well enough to know that you're always busy, but every time I talk to you, you're, you're still the most relaxed guy I talk with. <laughs> so my question is, with everything you've got going, and I know you've got a ton of stuff going, what do you do to create free, free time for yourself? It's kind of interesting. Um, I do scheduling. I mean, I schedule standing meetings. However, uh, I'm not one of these guys that, that's going to fill up a 40-hour week with a bunch of conversations with people. So I have always got time. Almost anybody can call me today and we can get a meeting going sometime tomorrow. Uh, I also uh, work with folks over the weekend, either by phone or Zoom meetings or email. But the, the point is, is I'm, I'm not, if I'm not, not seeming stressed to you, it's probably more because I got the best wife in the world. I won the, the wife lottery and I got a kitty cat that sleeps on my lap a, a lot. Uh, so in addition to, I don't have a, 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 a strong uh, idea of what the day is supposed to look like. And I don't fill it up with things that don't matter. Let's, I guess that's the best way I could say it. Yeah. I think you're a big rock guy in your schedule, which we all benefit from because we're able to talk to you and get advice from you. Bill, you, uh, you brought up a term to me that I want to talk about and you talk in terms of fundamental steps to achieving a lasting organizational or personal development goals. Can you elaborate for us on that? Yeah, it's very simple. Um, I think the world works really well when there's uh, a certain kind of talent that can be turned into a, uh, a, a, a memorable and automatic uh, way of doing things. I call them processes. And so, for example, if you look at a, a, a six or seven-year-old learning to play uh, violin, it starts off with Charlie Brown and Snoopy, Charlie Brown and Snoopy, uh, and that's the Suzuki method. And then before you know it, they're graduating into other more complex uh, materials, but not before they've had a certain amount of mastery at that level. Well, it's the same thing for, for organizations and businesses. If you can design a way for an organization to communicate, to uh, be able to evaluate in a non-threatening manner uh, performance, and then also be able to sit down and have conversations uh, where the culture is rewarding people for, for using a Kaizen approach, which is uh, how can we do uh, better this time than the last time, loosely translated. And when folks are in that type of an environment, um, the processes become something that you make small changes to, but in some cases, they're transformational changes. And so, for example, I will tell you that, in, in, just to give you an example of what we did in our company, we sat down in 2003, we looked at our client base, this is for progressive data systems, and we looked at our annual sales, and we were uh, our, our uh, gross profit level was around 26, 27 percent. 
What we decided to do was to change our product line and get rid of three things. And when we did that, we also freed up our time to get really good at servicing larger corporations, folks that considered themselves to be mission critical, which means if their business went down for any reason, it either somebody in some cases would actually die, or in other cases, it would cost them, you know, thousands, if not, you know, dozens of thousands of, of, of dollars per hour, or that there would be some uh, other type of a, 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 an impact. So, for example, um, I had two uh, uh, newspapers. Paper, newspapers got to get out no matter what. So the, the point is, is that with taking an approach that looks at how can we make things, you know, doable, uh, fun for the people that have to do them, rewarding for the people that have have to be accountable for making changes, and then also making it very profitable at the end of the year for either you know the owners or the stockholders, and in many cases the stockholders that sometimes were also the employees of the company. Hmm. Ah, yes. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like how, you want to that's the short version, right, Bill? <laughs> it is. The uh, um, well, you you've talked about that quite a bit, and uh, so here's another question, though. Knowing you the way I know and your personality, I, I this ought to be an interesting answer. But tell me what success means to you. Well, success isn't a place to go to. It's just a state of mind when you when you're awake and when you're asleep. I think success is a comfort in knowing that the work that you do is meaningful. Um, it's, it's rewarding. Um, in some cases, the, 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 the profit potential is being built on a daily basis and the realization of that maybe at some point in the future. But the whole idea of mindset and choosing what you're doing, even those cases where the world has given you COVID-19 and given you 2020, when you choose, I'm going to be here, I'm going to last through this, I'm, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and darn it, people just like me. You know, that, that makes, it, makes the whole world a lot simpler. You know, I think, uh, I think uh, as, you, as we all mature as business owners and people, one thing we can come to maybe a conclusion that sometimes success is just simply being simple and coping and having a mindset that, hey, let's celebrate where we are today and just leave it at that. And and sometimes it's that simple. It's just a mindset. And yeah, like you just said, we'll get through it. Um, and, and I agree with you. Uh, and I talk about that in my book about simplicity in life. Uh, it, things don't have to be complicated, but, and I know knowing you, I've known you to keep it simple and, but I also know when you need to be involved with a more complex explanation, you can do that. But for the most part, you try to keep things as simple as they, they possibly can be. And, and I think a lot of business owners, you know, they make work for themselves. They make things much more complicated and end up with no time and, and stress in their life. So um, you obviously are one of those business people that that figured it out a long time ago to enjoy life and be successful. So what does the, what, what does the value of a, a business or life coach play in your life, Bill? Wow. That's almost like asking, you know, how important is air? 
Yeah. For somebody that's never had a business coach or a life coach, they can't know, you know, what it's like to be able to share things at an intimate level where there's no, no need to try to make them look different than they are. And not only that, but to find out if how you see them is how they are in the best light. The, the whole idea of, of, of having somebody who's got, you know, some time in grade, who is compassionate in terms of, of helping you kind of uncover and unconceal those things that are in your way, that once they're out of the way and you know what they are, you can appropriately deal with them. And a, a really great coach, in my mind, is somebody who is constantly taking an unsolvable, undoable problem and demonstrating using the techniques and the talents of, 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 of the client and the client partner, because it's a partnership. It's, it's, it's being able to put it into terms that they already are competent at resolving, that it's part of their natural skill set, where they've come from. Now, once they've been able to turn this around and question it from a different angle, they now start to see the solution. They now start to see the way out. And, you know, do you, uh, I always recommend that business owners really uh, expose themselves to having a coach. And in, in my particular case, I've had great coaches and they've helped me out quite a bit. And certainly I know that you are involved with a lot of different people as mentors and they've helped you out as you have helped other people. So I obviously you're, you're, um, uh, you're an advocate of people coming up with mentors and working with coaches. You, uh... Yeah, the, uh, the, there's a distinction between mentor and coach. And the first one is, is a friend uh, or maybe a, somebody who you're already working for. There's no additional charge for, uh, for the time that's spent. There are people that will share their wisdom with you. And, and a mentor is typically going to give you their wisdom in terms of their own experience and their own lives. And most good mentors will, will, will say, you know, your mileage may vary on this, you know, for your own application. However, what I did was, now the distinction between that and, and the coach is that the coach may not have any experience in what you do, but the coach is an expert in having you see what you need to do to be the best you can be. And, and those, those are huge distinctions for me. And I do find that a lot of people find that, themselves in contract relationships with with what are truly mentors as opposed to uh, good coaches they're not the same skill set uh however they do have a lot of the same types of skills does that make sense yeah absolutely yes i, I understand that completely sure um well it's interesting because again being raised in an environment where coaching was so important to me we both know a number of people that are coaches and we find them so valuable to us. And uh, uh, it's just interesting that I find business owners sometimes stay away from them. They don't engage in coaching, but you know, every, you know, listen, even baseball players, the pros have coaches. So, you know, um, you mentioned to me podcast on lightning, the candle. Um, can you talk that about that? Lighting, lighting. Lighting the candle, a world that works. Ah, there it is. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Facebook, and it's something we started probably, I don't know, three, four months ago. It's a group of us that get together and talk about, um, and, and without referring to specifics, 
of things that are not working in the world, we start talking about what do we want to see? What are the things that we would like to see happen in the world? What's the access to those things becoming a reality? How do the folks um, that are out there who feel strongly one way or the other about current events, how do they start to unconceal, you know, uh, whether or not it's their own thoughts that they're reacting to, or if it's something that's been put there by someone else? So we get into a whole lot of language discussions, a lot of, it all comes back to empowerment, Tom. When people are freed to be unstuck from a position that they're in or something that they're worrying about, afraid of, or have no idea, you know, uh, but they're just generally not feeling at ease. So the whole idea is how do we help people be able to take over uh, control and steering, not necessarily control, but steering their own life as opposed to automatically feeling a really terrible feeling in their gut and having no way to, to, to feel any differently about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, because we've talked about empowerment in the past, and I do believe empowerment is a state of mind, and uh, it's such a, an important characteristic of you. And, you know, any, any kind of exercise where it allows someone to grow in a more uh, a better light of what's going on and empower themselves to control their destiny, I think is a great thing. And uh, Bill, you, you give so much to, to everybody that contacts you. And I've had just wonderful chats with you over the, over the, the years and the months rather, I should say that we've had a lot of them. So I want to really thank you for um, really spending some time with us, but I'm sure there's people listening that may want to contact you, find out more about your programs, find out more about maybe your networking situation. Uh, what would be the best way for people to contact you? Um, I can say something here that won't be durable unless you're going to be uh, putting it in the comments. But I can tell you right now, if you contact uh, uh, Tom Perone, Tom knows how to get me 24-7. I do. I certainly do. Even when you owe me money, I know how to get to you. Right? Yeah. I got to get my song and dance. <laughs> uh, Bill, is there anything you'd like to add before we leave? Yeah. I, I just want to uh, take this opportunity to congratulate anybody that's in business who's made it to, you know, October, which today is October the, the you know, the 15th of 2020. That says to me that you're a survivor. And if you're not growing your business at the moment, my question to you is going to be, how would you like to find out how you can? And if, if you're interested in engaging that kind of conversation, if you're interested in, in, in finding out how strategically and tactically you can be doing things in what people are calling a down economy uh, to actually out outstrip your competition if there really is any competition for you but to put yourself back you know with a head of uh, of, of steam and a good strong wind behind your sails you know to sail into when things start to come back and people are acting um, normally again make sense makes a lot of sense especially when we've talked about why some companies made it through this and why other companies did not i know you have some really strong feelings on it and people should talk to you about that and um so i again bill thanks so much for taking the time i'm gonna put 
my contact information in the show notes and at the end of the podcast you will also have ways of contacting me and if you do want to reach bill let me know and I'll, i'll reach out to you and you can talk to bill so bill thank you so much for taking the time we really appreciate it it's my complete uh pleasure friend and no extra charge okay hey thanks a lot okay bill thanks again bye bye all right bye for now tom thank you for tuning in whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life here are three steps you can take one subscribe to this podcast to request a free copy of tom's newly published book unlocking your business dna email tom at tperone at necgginc.inc.com and on the subject line type dna include your mailing address and thirdly take the one minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard for additional information click the show notes